to ask that you RSVP. And there's three ways you can RSVP. You can go on to our website at caclacrosse.org, and you can click register. You're not really registering. You're just RSVPing. We have the event on Facebook. You can say there that you are going, or you can just let Brother DeMuth know so that we can have a head count and let the restaurant know ahead of time. Also, ladies, you are going to have a shopping trip on May 15th, going to go to Eau Claire. We're going to have lunch. We're going to have fun. So if you want to RSVP to that, actually, we want you to RSVP to that. Same thing, three ways to RSVP, on the website, on Facebook, or if you could uh, touch base with Sister DeMuth, she's going to arrange the transportation from here to Eau Claire. All right. The other thing coming up in May is May 23rd, our Pentecost Sunday, Save Our Nation. There's going to be more information to come on that, but that is going to be an evening service. It's going to be live streamed. Please be sure to come. Bring your friends, your family, anyone. Invite everyone. We want to see not only our nation, but we want to see lacrosse saved. This is a perfect opportunity for them to experience the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. Have you come to worship? All right. Let's go into our worship. Let's ready our hearts for God's word. Hallelujah. 
Yes, Lord, you reign forever. The beginning and the end. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Your presence. 
Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, you're an awesome God. We do worship and praise you this morning. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are the Lion of the tribe of Judah. You will reign forever and ever. Hallelujah, Jesus. Your throne is established in righteousness and in holiness. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Your decrees go forth. They will be obeyed. They will be met. They will come to pass according to your word. Hallelujah, Jesus. Because you are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the first and the last, which was and which is and which is to come. The Almighty. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. You are our King today. You are our Lord and Savior. We do worship and praise you today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. What an awesome, awesome God we serve this morning. Praise God. What a delight it is to enter into his presence with our worship and with our praise. He is ever and altogether worthy to receive it. Amen. Praise God. You can be seated for just a moment. It is my good pleasure to welcome Brother and Sister Nichols to our church. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. They are good friends of ours, good friends of the Parkers. Amen. Good friends of the people of God. Praise God. They've been used mightily in missionary work. Uh, he's probably not going to brag too much on himself, so I'm going to a little bit. Amen. They've both been used so wondrously overseas. Eastern Europe, the Slavic countries, they still have a burden for them. Teaching three-hour Bible studies <laughs> to them over Zoom or, or Internet. So... They've done so much for God, and although they are retired, <laughs> they're probably busier now than they've ever been. Amen. But that's good. Their ministry is, is blessed of God, and I am so looking forward to hearing what they have to say today. Amen. Brother Nichols, would you come, please? Feel complete liberty today. Complete liberty. Bóg jest dobry. Bóg jest wierny. Bóg jest nami. <laughs> Not a whole lot of Polacks in here. What I said in Polish is, God is so good. God is faithful. And God is with us. Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I can say it in Russian too, but it will suffice with the Polish. But I'm so happy to be in La Crosse, Wisconsin. We drove in about two and a half hours from, uh, we live up in New Richmond, which is like 14 miles from Stillwater, Minnesota. It was just a beautiful drive along that river. And to get here, it was absolutely gorgeous. Thank God for a beautiful, wonderful day. Amen. And I'm so glad to be with brother and sister Becker. We've known them for a while. We love them. We appreciate them. They're great um, people of God. And God has used them in, in the past. And God's continuing to use them here in La Crosse. Amen. I didn't know you played piano. 
you are hiding that talent. God bless you. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. I thought, wow, I've never seen that before, and I've known them a while. But that's wonderful. And Brother and Sister Parker, God bless you. Fellow missionaries, uh, preachers, good friends. Brother Parker, he'll text me uh, little uh, parts of scriptures. Um, every so many days I get them from him early in the morning, encouraging me in the, in the things of the Lord. And I so appreciate They really minister to me, brother. And I, I appreciate that. Praise the Lord. And God is good. And I just want to boast in the Lord today. You know, I, you know it's a faith promise service. Are you aware of that? I, I hope you're aware of that because that's what I'm going to talk about. But God is so good. And God's been so faithful. And, you know, your pastor said something about um, he's prayed and others have prayed and they haven't seen the healing and Jesus healed every time. Jesus never failed. He always was able to heal somebody. And he said he doesn't have the answer to why that that is that way now, that not every time we pray, somebody's healed. And I thought about that. I've seen a lot of healings overseas. I'm sure you, you have too, Brother Parker. It seems to be more common overseas for some reason. But I know this, and I don't have all the answers either, brother, but I know this. Whenever there's God's word and God's promises, and on our side we're not seeing it, there's never a question mark about what's wrong with God. And, and your pastor didn't say that either. I'm, I'm not saying that. But there's never a question mark like what's wrong with God. The question mark is always us. Always us. What are we not doing that we're supposed to do? Or what, what are we missing in the word? Because God has the answers. And I've seen the healings and I've been part of the healings. And I have prayed sometimes and people haven't be, been healed. But God is always faithful. You never, ever have to worry about that. As a matter of fact, when you show up for church, sometimes you wonder, hey, where's brother so-and-so? Or where's sister so-and-so? They're not here today. Well, you never have to worry about God. Where's God? God is here today. The Bible says wherever two or more are gathered together in his name, he promises to be here. Amen. And it happens every single time. One time a, a man uh, missed a service and he asked a brother in the church who went to church. He said, what was church like today? And the brother said, well, you know, it was an ordinary service. That broke my heart. I thought ordinary service, there's no such thing as an ordinary service. How can you have an ordinary service when the presence of an extraordinary God is in the place? Amen. Now, maybe you missed it, but God didn't miss it. You know, wherever you look in the Bible, wherever you read about where Jesus was, there were always crowds, except when he went up in the mountain to pray. But there were always crowds. And one thing you notice about those crowds is that not everybody received what they could have received, even though they were in the crowd. For instance, blind Bartimaeus. Now, he was blind. He couldn't see Jesus coming down the road, but he could hear the people. He could feel the excitement. He knew that Jesus was approaching. And when Jesus started to approach by him, he yelled out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And all those good people in the crowd, you know what they did? They turned to him and said, be quiet. Thank God Bartimaeus got encouraged. Because the Bible says he yelled even louder. Jesus! And the Bible says Jesus stopped. And Bartimaeus was healed that day. And all those other people, even though they were in the crowd, they were there and Jesus was there. They received nothing as far as we know. What am I saying? I'm saying Jesus is here. I don't know your needs, but he does. I don't know your situation, but he does. I don't know your hopes, your dreams, your fears, but he does. And you can make a determination today that I'm not going home until I get a touch from the Lord. We opened up a lot of countries over in Eastern Europe. We, we are over uh, 
Soviet Union. We were the first in the Soviet Union after the wall came down, first from our organization. And we opened up Belarus and several other countries. And I remember going to Moldova. Moldova is the poorest nation in Europe. And in Moldova, it's like 90% gypsy. And we had gypsy churches. They're quite different. The music, a lot of accordion, a lot of, a lot of oomph up on, you know. But one thing about those gypsies, I remember there was an old lady, real old lady. I got pictures of it on my phone. And she, she couldn't lift up her arms like this. And so she asked for prayer. So we prayed for her. Nothing happened. She said, nothing happened. Pray again. So we prayed for her. Nothing happened. She said, pray again. She said, I'm not going home until I'm healed. You know what happened? That lady was able to lift her hands and praise God because God touched her and God healed her because he is the God of all flesh and there's nothing that he cannot do. Amen. I'll get to what I'm supposed to say pretty soon. I just feel I just feel like saying this. You know, Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. And you know this because you live in Wisconsin. You know, Wisconsin, we're America's dairy land. I read where Wisconsin has more cows than they do people. Fly over Wisconsin. It looks, you look down, it looks like raisin bread. We have a lot of cows. I don't think my wife thought that was funny, <laughs> but she's lived with me almost 50 years. But anyway, but, you know, in Wisconsin, you know, just because you walk into a barn every day doesn't make you a cow. And just because you go to church every Sunday doesn't mean you're a Christian. Because it's a relationship with God. God gets no pleasure in seeing how many people he can pack into a building. But rather, when you're here, he always shows up, no doubt. And if he's here, he is not going to waste your time because he says to us, redeem the time for the days are evil. God's not a hypocrite. He's not going to waste our time. He's here. He has a purpose. You have a need. And until you recognize your need, God can do nothing for you. Amen. But he's here today. And I want to talk about faith. I want to talk about faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, when you look that up in the original language, it says something like this. Now, faith is concrete essence of proof of things that you don't see. Faith is substance. Faith is something you can hang on to. Something, uh, faith is something that will never fail. It's real. It's more real than the things you see down here on earth. Amen. You know, the world says that faith is a leap into the darkness. That's not true. Because the world is in darkness. But faith is rather a leap from the darkness into his marvelous light. This is real, saints of God. What's out there is not real, and what's out there will pass away. But these things are eternal, and God is true, and every man a liar. You don't believe that? How many of you have never told a lie? If you did, that'd be your first lie, wouldn't it? If you raise your hand. Actually, probably be your second. But anyway, you get to, get, to, get the point. Praise the Lord. But, you know, faith demands action. If there's no action, there is no faith. My wife and I were not raised in the apostolic church. I wish to God we had been. I think the best testimony you can ever have is you were raised in apostolic church and you never went into the things of the world. That's the best testimony anybody could ever have. But we didn't have that privilege. We were raised in a large denominational church. And when I came to an apostolic, we were Roman Catholic. 
And at the age of 26, we became roaming Catholics. And we happened to roam into an apostolic church in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. It was so strange to us. We thought those poor people. You know, they didn't have all these fancy statues and all this stuff. They didn't even have holy water at the door. And church service started, and they began to clap their hands and shouting and dancing and singing and carrying on. I thought, these people are crazy. Or as the Russians say, tuk-tuk nefsedoma. Knock, knock, nobody's home. But we felt something in that church that we never felt before. And when we learned that we could be forgiven of our sins, we put feet to our faith because we got out of the pew and we went to the altar and we repented of our sins. And then when we believed in baptism because it was in the Bible. And it says, baptize in Jesus' name. We put feet to our faith and we went to the baptismal waters and we were buried in Jesus' name. And we received the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues. If there is no action, there is no faith. All the promises of God is ours. But we have to put feet to our faith. I can give you a gift. I can say, here's your gift. But until you come up and get it, you, you don't receive it. But you have to put feet to that. And the same thing with the things of God. Praise the Lord. Faith always demands action. No action, no faith. I'm not going to go into my testimony or anything like that. I'd love to because it's such a miracle of God. But we prayed for 10 years for the persecuted saints of the Soviet Union. And we made a promise to God that if he ever made a way for us to go, we'd go. You better be careful what you pray for. Because God made a way where there was no way. And without going into all the details, we were invited by the Minister of Education for the country of Belarus, which is white Russia, to come and help put biblical principles into their public school system. God made a way where there was no way. We weren't, I didn't go to Bible school. I didn't have a preaching license. I have a degree in marketing education, another degree in computer science, not spiritual subjects. But God made a way where there was no way. We were area coordinators over the Soviet Union, over 15 nations. We lived in Poland, so we were actually over 16 nations. And we saw that grow, and not through us. It was through a team of missionaries. We had a small part in it. But we saw the growth from 100 churches to 300 churches in the Soviet Union in those 27 years we were overseas. Now, why am I telling you that? First of all, the Bible says, boast in the Lord all the day long. So I'm just bragging a little bit on Jesus. But what I'm trying to tell you is we prayed. And not only did we pray, but when God made a way where there was no way, we put feet to our faith. We couldn't speak one word of Russian when we went there. We knew nobody. And when we got there, the minister of education said, you're on our own because if the communists come back to power, they'll put me in prison. Smart man, because he did go to prison because they did come back to power. They just call it a different name. But what I'm getting at is all the prayers in the world, all the promises in the world would have done nothing until feet were put to faith. Couldn't speak the language, nothing. God ended, I, I wish I could, I don't have time to go into all the details. But I was asked to teach at a university. I taught at four universities. From my first class in marketing, I was able to preach marketing based on biblical principles, something I can't do in America. And from that class, two young men came and said, we want to know more about your God. We took them home. Gave them a Bible study. They were baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. Brother Pastor Rogich, our first convert, is over all the churches in Belarus today because God made a way where there was no way, and somebody put feet to their faith. 
You know what the problem with us is? God tells us to do something. We kind of get cold feet because things don't go the way they should go. You know, faith, you think if you have faith, if God tells you to do something, that means blue skies, calm seas, beautiful weather, no resistance. Oh, just the contrary. Remember in Matthew 14 when Jesus told the disciples they just left the feeding of the 5,000? He said, get in the boat and go across the lake. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says Jesus constrained them to get into the boat. You know what that means? He forced them. For some reason, they didn't want to go. Maybe they wanted to hang out where the blessings were. I don't know. But they got in the boat, and they were definitely in the will of God because Jesus said, get in the boat and go. So they were absolutely in the will of God. But then you know what? You read the next verse or two. Contrary winds came. You know what that means? That means something came against them. And these guys were fishermen, but they, they were scared. Seasoned fishermen, and they were scared to death. Now, if they were like some 21st century Christians today, they would have turned around and gone back and said, that can't be the will of God. But they kept going. And you know what happened when they kept going? They saw four miracles. Number one, the Bible says Jesus came walking on the water. Hey, you got water here. Go try it. Okay, I know. You can do it in the winter. I know. We're in Wisconsin. But Jesus came walking on the water. And to my amazement, Peter scared to death. He said, hey, Lord, if that's you, tell me to come. Peter, what are you thinking? So the Lord says, okay, come. So miracle number two, Peter walked on the water. I know he sank, but read it. He walked on the water. And then Jesus lifted them up by the hand, and they both walked back to the boat. Miracle number three, Jesus says, peace be still, and the storm was gone. Miracle number three. Miracle number four, when they got to shore, every single person that was brought to Christ was healed. Four miracles they would have missed if they had turned around. But they put feet to their faith, and they kept going. Saints of God, the problem with us is sometimes we run into a little resistance. Sometimes our prayer's not answered the way we want it to be or when we want it to be. And sometimes we just uh, fall short. We don't keep pressing in. We don't keep knocking. We don't keep seeking. We don't keep asking. But the miracle is right there. If we will continue to put feet to our faith and trusting God, not trusting our eyes, not trusting our feelings, not trusting what the world says, but trusting the Word of God. Amen. Speak to your faith. Praise the Lord. Don't forget miracles. Miracles. Hallelujah. And I want to talk about miracles today because we're talking about faith promise. You know what faith promise is? Faith promise means you're gonna you're you're gonna have faith in the promises of God. The Bible says God will supply all our needs. Notice he never said God will supply all your greeds. Your needs. And God has never failed. We missionaries know that, brother. We've lived we've lived that way. And so what we're saying here today is that we're going to make a pledge. As a matter of fact, you can have the ushers pass these out, brother. You want to pass these out? Please don't fill these out right now. But this, this is faith promise. And here's what we're going to do with faith promise. What faith promise is, what you're going to say is you're going to prayerfully, and I hope you already did, you're going to prayerfully consider as God supplies, you promise to give a certain amount every month. Now, this is not a pledge. This is not something from your resources. But what you're saying is, as God supplies, I will give this amount every month. It's not like tithes. It's not like offerings. It's faith promise. So the responsibility is not on you at all. It's on God. If God doesn't supply it, you don't give it. But if God supplies it, you give it. You promise to give it. 
And I've never seen it fail. Every single church, and I've done a lot of faith promise services, every single church that I've seen them do this, it always seems to be more than what they've actually pledged to do. And God has supplied their needs miraculously. It will be miraculous provision. And again, I'm talking about, you know, I want you to pray when... Uh, not yet, but we're going to pray and fill these out, and then we're going to collect this, and, and we're going to add up and see what the total amount is for the giving of the church. But again, until you put feet to your faith, you won't see anything. You won't see anything. You know, Hebrews uh, 11.8 says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for inheritance. He left. Abraham left the Ur Chaldees. God said, leave the Ur Chaldees. I'm going to make you a father of many nations. He wasn't the father of many nations. And he didn't even know where he was going. All God says was, get out. I don't know if he knew what way he was leaving town or not. Can you imagine him having a garage sale? Neighbors coming over. Hey, we're, what's up, Abraham? We're leaving. We're moving. Really? Where are you going? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? God didn't tell me. I'm just leaving. You see what he did? He put feet to his faith. And then after, he received the miracle. That's how God works. And to the world, it seems foolish. Bible says in Hebrews 11, 11, through faith, Sarah also herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. Do you know when God gave Abraham the promise of a son? He was 75 years old. And for 25 years... He went around saying, we're going to have a baby. We're going to have a baby. I haven't seen a lot of 75-year-old men do that. We're going to have a baby. For 25 years. He was 90 and 9 when his son was born. And Sarah was 90. That's not possible. But they believed God. And after they believed, and after they they believed and trusted God, they received the promise. And you know what? God is no respecters of persons. You know, when we read the Bible, many times we relegate these kind of things to like super, super strong believers. Or you know, super spiritual. Like the apostles, the, the, the disciples. We think, what extraordinary people they were. No. <clears throat> they were plain people like we were. As a matter of fact, the Bible, uh, people in the Bible referred to them as ignorant and unlearned men. I'll tell you what that means in today's language. It means they don't know nothing. No, it's not that they were extraordinary. It's that they had faith in an extraordinary God. And that's all God is asking for us. To get out of your feeling, get out of trusting yourself, getting out, get out of trusting your ability for finances, your ability to do things, and trust Him. Like I said, I've been involved in a lot of faith promise services. There was a faith promise service. I wasn't there, but Brother Jack Lehman was, and you know Brother Lehman. And he tells a story that he was in a faith promise service, and there was a husband and wife that they, they lived in this property that had a really long driveway. And every spring it would get muddy and dirty, and, you know, they track into the house and all that. And the housewife was just sick of it. She said, we have got to pave our driveway. So they saved and saved and saved. It was thousands, thousands of dollars. And they're in the faith promise service. <laughs> and the husband looks at the wife and says, 
I think we're supposed to give that to the Lord. And she's going, you know, are you sure? Make a long story short, they pledge that money to God. Now, here's the key. God told them to do it. Never give from emotion. Don't give from emotion. Give in faith. Your emotions will change, but faith won't. God, not, not God's promises. So they gave in faith. I don't know how long it was afterwards, but they came home from work one day, and when they came home from work, there was just they were just putting the apron on the edge of their driveway, and they had paved that whole driveway, however long it was a long driveway. They were just finishing. They were, you know, they were rolling it out, and so the guy pulls in and he said, "Why are you paving that driveway?" He said, "Because you were supposed to." He said, "But." Why this house? He said, I don't know. You have to talk to the, to the uh, boss. So they went and talked to the boss, and they said, you know, who gave you permission to pave our driveway? And that guy said, well, I got a work order right here, and I don't remember the address, like 1422 Oak. He said, this isn't 1422. This is 1424. He said, well, buddy, I'm not picking that up. You got yourself a free driveway. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You cannot outgive God. When we were first in missions, we went over to the Soviet Union. We were aimers because there were no missionaries over there. And, and so we went over there. And I remember coming home, and we were going to go to Wisconsin camp. I think somebody must have invited us because we, <laughs> we had no money. As a matter of fact, everything I owned was in my wallet was $100. I didn't have anything in checking, anything in, in savings. I had $100 in my wallet. I went to Wisconsin camp, and I went to a home mission service. Don't do that if you don't have much money. In that service, the Lord speaks to me and says, put your $100 in that basket. I'm not talking emotion. I'm not talking about being silly. I'm talking about faith. God spoke to me. And so I took the $100 and I put it in the offering. It, as soon as I let it go, the Lord said, that's your tithes. We went to that service. I think we went to the night service. I think they had uh, global mission service then. I, I, I might have this out of order years ago. But after service, Brother Rogers walks up to me and gives me a check. I mean, he gives me a, an envelope. And so I took the envelope, I put it in my suit pocket like that, and my wife said, what did Brother Rogers give you? I said, he gave me a check for $1,000. She said, that's not funny. I said, it's a check for $1,000. She said, you didn't even open the envelope. I said, it's a check for $1,000. I said, here, open it. She opened it. It was a check for $1,000. You know why? Because God told me, give the 100 and when I put the 100 in, he said, that was your tithes. By the way, I paid tithe on that thousand too. But I'm telling you, saints of God, that's our God. And what we're talking about here today is giving in faith, believing. What when you write that number down, how much you're going to give a month? That's not a pledge from you. You know, the church isn't going to go, oh, you pledged, a, you know, a thousand dollars and you never gave it. No, what you're saying is, as God provides, I'll give it. And I have testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony of how God supplied the need. So what I'd like us to do at this time, if we could just stand, and I would like to, I hopefully that you've already prayed for this, but I would like us just to bow our heads and I'd like us to close our eyes, and I'd like us to ask God, Lord, what would you have me give? As you supply my need, I know that I will give it. And Lord, what is that figure? And I'll tell you something, your figure is going to be lower than God's. So let's let's have God speak to us. Lord Jesus, we just thank you, God, for your faithful promises. Thank you, Lord, that you're the God of all flesh. Thank you, Lord, that you are a provider. You're a healer. You're a creator. You're the lover of our souls. And, Lord, what we do here today, Lord God, we're doing in faith. We're not going to do from emotion. We're not going to do something, Lord, just to write something down. But, Lord, speak to our hearts. 
and show us, Lord God, what you would have us give. And then, Lord, we pray that every time it comes in supernaturally, that we will recognize that and we will give it as we promised. And, Jesus, we know, Lord God, that we can trust you in all things. And, Lord God, we will give as you supply in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You may be seated. And if you would, if you would please fill out this card, and then we'll have the ushers come and uh, collect them in a few minutes, and then we'll have, um, I think, somebody will add this up, Brother Becker. Okay, and then you'll announce the total. So why don't we do that right now? Praise the Lord. I love the Lord. I'm so thankful for the Lord. Our God's able to do above what we're able to even ask or think. You know, in in Belarus, when we went there, the average salary was $10 a month. They were really poor. <clears throat> and we had a young lady, 13 years old, and she found out that there was a church and we began to teach her, and she was baptized in Jesus' name. And she wanted to be our piano player. She ended up being our piano player in church. And a few years went by, and her parents, who were encouraging her to go to church at first, uh, and her dad was even healed of a heart condition. But they became jealous of her name was Tanya Jesniskaya. And Tanya, after serving the Lord three, three years or so, Four years, something, two years. Anyway, her parents became jealous, and they said, you love God more than you love us. And so what they did is they they uh, they forbid her to come to church. She got home from school one day. Her mom grabbed her by the hair and threw her down on the floor, cut her hair off because she knew she was growing it to the Lord. And they beat her, and they confiscated all her religious materials, Bibles, and all this kind of stuff. And so Tanya couldn't go to, to church. But they had a dog, and every day she'd walk that dog, and she'd walk to the park where she would secretly meet up with saints from our church. And she would say, what did Brother Nichols preach? What were the scriptures? And do you have a Bible? And she'd smuggle that Bible home late at night when her parents were sleeping. She'd read those scriptures. When she got old enough, she was an intelligent student. She went to the university where she got a scholarship of $5 a month. There was a young man at that university that really, his name is Sergey. He had his eye on Tanya. And Tanya said, Sergey, I really like you, but I don't date unbelievers. But here's, here's the phone number of my pastor. If you're interested, you can call him come to church. Sergey had a rare uh, disease, and Tanya laid hands on him at the university, and God healed him. That man came to church, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. At the age of 22, oh, by the way, Tanya used to give me an envelope every month through the believer in the park. You know what was in that envelope? Her tithes of $5. Boy, you don't feel like taking that. As a pastor, you think, Lord, God, how can they take this money? But you know that he's blessing her. At the age of 22, Tanya comes downstairs and she says to her parents, you have forbade me to go to church, and I obeyed you. I never went to church. But I'm a believer, and I'm of age, and I will be going to church. Sergey and her got married they have two children, and they pastor a church in a little village called Marina Gorka because God is able to do abundantly more than what we're able to ask or think. That's the God we serve. That's the God who we're calling upon for this service right now. Amen. Praise the Lord. So let's collect those cards and uh, hallelujah.
we're going to add this up. I don't know. I could tell you more stories. <laughs> but is she going to take them and add them and bring them back, brother? Or Okay. We'll just wait on everybody to. This is exciting. I'm anxious to see what God's going to do. Remember, there's no pressure on you whatsoever. This is not a promise of what you can do. It's a promise of what God can do through you. And God will do something. Amen. I, I've heard of people, I remember hearing a story, I don't have all the details, of somebody that was in a bad accident and uh, they went to court and they, they got little or no money whatsoever. I don't remember the whole details. But they made a pledge and they had no idea. They were, they were really poor. I think if they were on uh, assistance and all that kind of stuff. And they made this phenomenal pledge and they believed God and out of the clear blue, five, ten years later, whatever it was, I, I'm getting the details mixed up, but the story is is the essence. They got this huge settlement that not only made their pledge, but they were able to they were able to improve their situation uh, many times over. That's our God. When we first started in the Soviet Union and we were preaching, you know, I, I hesitated uh, talking about tithes. You know when a when a pastor talks about tithes, it sounds like it's self-serving. Oh, pastor, he, he's just saying that because, you know, he wants the tithes. Uh-uh, it's not self-serving. It's for your benefit. But I, I hesitated in the Soviet Union for a while because the Soviet Union taught that the church, all they wanted was your money. That's all they cared about was your money. So I hesitated, and I was bringing it in slowly. Well, we have uh, this man named uh, Vasily. Vasily and, and Natasha, a young married couple. And uh, they, uh, Vasily asked if he could give a testimony one day. So I let him get up and give a testimony. And he said, you know, and, and he had talked to me about, about what he's going to say here. But he said, you know, I read in the Bible about tithing. And, you know, what the Lord says about tithing. And I talked to Brother Nichols. Brother Nichols told me about tithing. He said, so my wife and I decide we're going to tithe. Now, you have to remember, the average salary is $10 a month. And so they began tithing, and I don't know how long it was. If, do you remember, Judy, how long? Short time, wasn't it? Just a short time, maybe a month, maybe weeks. I don't remember. But Vasily gave another testimony. You know what the testimony was? I started paying my tithes, and just <clears throat> this past week, I got... I got a, an increase in my salary that was ten times my salary. Ten times. That doesn't happen. Ten times. God's faithful. You know, God's such a great mathematician. Isn't he? He says what you can't do with 100%. You give me ten and you'll do more with 90. That makes no sense. That makes no sense. You know, you divide and God multiplies. I mean, that, that's how he does it. Listen, tithing is faith. There, there's, you know, you have your heart, and there's a string that's attached to the wallet. And if you can trust God with your money, you can trust God with anything. By the way, it's his money anyway. Bible says he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. I'll give you the rest of the story. He owns the hills too. Amen. Amen. It's all God's. It's all God's. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Are we finished here? All right. Are you going to give that to you, to the pastor? Wonderful. Well, God bless you. I think I'm going to end now and turn it to Brother Brother Becker. But you know what, saints of God? Listen, every promise of God has already been fulfilled except one. He's coming again. You know, God's not going to ruin 
his perfect reputation by not fulfilling the promise of his coming. He's not going to ruin his good reputation on us. He's coming, saints. He's coming. He may have ridden, he may have ridden into Jerusalem on a donkey, but he's coming back on a white horse. And he's coming back as the conqueror, as the king, the king of kings and lord of lords. Amen. Jesus' name. Thank you. Amen. Thank you so much, Brother Nichols. I'm looking forward to seeing those things here. Some of those Belarus miracles. Amen. I felt like I had a number uh, that God had given me uh, as to what would what would happen here for today. Uh, I'm happy to say that that was exceeded. Uh, for the year, uh, we're going to have thirty-eight thousand two hundred and eighty dollars. Blows me away. That is amazing. Praise God. Can we all stand and thank God for what he's done here today? And thank him for what he's about to do. Lord Jesus, you're an awesome God. I am so thankful for you. Thank you for what you've done here today. Thank you, Lord. As we step out of the boat and start following after you, where you're working, Hallelujah, Jesus. We have done exactly that as a church today. We have stepped out of the boat. As we move toward you, Lord Jesus, bless, minister, heal, save, deliver, provide, restore. All these things that only you can do. Hallelujah, Jesus. We are expecting awesome things of an awesome God. Not that we're anything or that we can do any good thing. We're looking to you, Lord Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Hallelujah, Jesus. Work wondrously. Work gloriously in our midst, I pray. Work miraculously to the salvation of the lost, to the perfection of the saints. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. We give glory and honor unto you. All glory. And all honor unto you, thou most high God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us this opportunity to step out. For giving us this opportunity to demonstrate our faith in you. You are so good. You are so glorious, so wondrous. Hallelujah, Jesus. I can't wait to see what you're about to do in lacrosse. I can't wait to see the great things that you're going to do through your people. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Truly, you are a miracle-working God, and nothing is impossible with you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is God's heartbeat, church. This is his heartbeat. And we, when we start taking care of God's business, he's miraculously, supernaturally going to take care of ours. Amen. That is his promise to us. And that is a, the, the promise we stand on today. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, church, for responding in faith. This is... This is amazing. And I can uh, I can say this in good conscience, Brother Nichols, because I won't see a dime of this. <laughs> this is all going to our missionaries. Praise God. I can't wait to start blessing our missionaries. Sister Rudy, gear up. 
Get busy. We're going to be busy. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. I don't even know what to say except praise God. Let's pray in closing. Let's, uh, moving forward, let's start expecting God to do wondrous things. You have stepped out in faith. You have put feet to your faith. Now God said he would start to move and he would start to operate. I'm looking forward to that. Lord Jesus, I am so thankful for what you've done here today. So thankful for the supernatural faith that you have blessed your people with. Help us, Lord Jesus, to continue moving forward in faith, responding to the word of God, responding to your voice as you command. So let us do. This is your church. We are your people. You are the one that purchased us. You are the one that suffered on a cross and died in our place. Hallelujah, Jesus. You also suffered on a cross and died for all people in La Crosse County. Help us to reach them, Lord Jesus. Help us to reach the city. Help us to reach this county for you. As we take care of your business, as we enter into your ministry, missions, I pray, O oh God, that you would take care of our business. Move in La Crosse County, I pray. Save the lost. Perfect the saints. Minister to the needs of these people, I pray. And above all, Lord, that your name would be glorified in all of this. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.